Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Great song, Joe Walsh, the theme of the Warriors. Cult movie classic, if you never knew what the city of New York was like in 1979, especially the subways. What motivated me to start the Guardian Angels 44 years ago. You watch this movie about the gang takeover of the streets and subways and parks of New York City. Now, it's a different set of circumstance. Uh, it's the emotionally disturbed and the homeless and the random attacks that take place and the attacks that also have at its basis hate for people of different uh, groups, different beliefs, different religions, hate crimes. Started with the Asians a few years ago and now the anti-Semitic attacks are on the rise. And with all of that being said and done, and with the person that we have brought to your attention right before Thanksgiving, Yolanda Mendoza, pregnant, nine months pregnant, out in the streets of Coney Island, kicked out of a migrant uh, center because there was no room for Americans, as she was told, even though she was doing translation services. She's been living in the streets of Coney Island just a block away from Nathan's Famous. Yesterday, went to the hospital. She was having palpitations. They thought maybe she'd be delivering her baby. Not. They discharged her. So guess what, Justin Alex? She's back at the same location a block away from Nathan's Famous. And the city of New York does nothing for Yolanda Mendoza. I'm at the point of just saying, Yolanda, declare yourself to be a Venezuelan. They'll put you up at a three-star hotel. You'll get food, all kinds of accommodations. They'll probably even bring you into the maternity ward at NYU Langone and make sure that you're able to give a safe and healthy birth to your nine-month-year-old child. This, This is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But this morning... Maybe it was the most important interview or the many important interviews that my colleague Sid Rosenberg has done as he is now the number one host of a morning show in the nation right here at WABC. He had on a survivor of that pogrom, that attack on the rave in southern Israel. You've seen the scenes played numerous times. 
by Hamas, the ruling government of Gaza and the largest terrorist group there, as they slaughtered the young adults and they took others hostage, she was able, against all odds, Natali Sanadaji, to survive. I mean, that's a horrific situation. She saw the carnage. She was able to escape. Listen how she compares that wartime situation in Israel, in the Middle East, to what's going on in New York City now that she's back here. Since coming back from Israel and since surviving the Hamas terrorist attack, I have honestly felt less safe here than I felt at any point in Israel. Less safe here. Am I right, Justin? Less safe here? And that includes when she was at that rave where Hamas launched that attack. In fact, let's play a longer edition of what she had to say to Sid earlier this morning. Since coming back from Israel and since surviving the Hamas terrorist attack, I have honestly felt less safe here than I felt at any point in Israel with all of the attacks that are happening here, especially in New York. New York is the place where I grew up, where I called home my entire life. And suddenly I see my friends feeling unsafe here, hiding their Jewish star necklaces, taking the mezuzahs off their doors, which yeah. is a prayer school that's supposed to protect your home. And they're taking them off in order to protect their home from being targeted. And it's just so sad to see what's happening here Did and what's unfolding. What said? Yeah. And then Sid was stunned at what uh, Natalie, survivor of that rave in southern Israel, in which Hamas came in and committed its pogrom, slaughtering, maiming, taking hostage. Luckily, some escaped. Now, Sid was in the studio with her this morning, and this is the interpretation that he came away from in listening to Natalie, who lives here in New York, but was in Israel at that time of the attack. Do you, you know what she just said? She was at the music festival when nearly 300 people were murdered, assassinated. She comes back to New York and feels less safe. I mean, I wish I can get this tape to the mayor, Eric Adams, or the governor, Kathy Hochul, because people say that all the time, and they mm -hmm. laugh it off. Oh, that's your perception. That's your perception. Wow. That's right on time, because uh, how many times has Eric Adams... When he's had a press conference after a series of crimes, whether in the city streets or the city subways, have said it's really all about the perception. Look at the stats. He says it's all analytical. How many times has he lectured us, ladies and gentlemen, as if we were, as, as if we were infants incapable of determining for ourselves if in fact the subways in the streets were safe? I must have heard this rant of his at least a dozen times. We have a safe subway system. Transit police officers, they have done their job. What we must do is remove the perception of fear. Cases like this aggravates the perception of fear. Uh, when you see homeless individuals with mental health issues not being attended to and given the proper services that add to the perception of fear, and so what our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear that cases like this could happen. And we're doing that. Perception. He must have said that seven times. 
Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb says exactly the same thing. Police no longer make arrests. Whenever possible, they won't make an arrest. The idea is it looks good in the local precinct. It makes the deputy inspector look good when he's got to go to the local uh, meetings, the uh, Comstat meetings, when they have to explain uh, the crime figures in their precinct. It's all a game of cooking the books. That's all it is. And now the money is being spent on toys, Eric Adams' toys, the robots, which have to be protected by cops in the Times Square subway station. They can't go about on its own or they're fearful it'll be graffitied or vandalized or, in fact, pushed into an oncoming train. He's investing in drones in what they call those diggity dogs, everything other than cops. And then he dropped a bomb on all of us just about less than a week ago when he said, expect there to be at some point in 2025 only 29,000 police officers who are able to serve because of the draconian cutbacks he has to make. Why? Because he's given all of our money to the illegal aliens. And now his battle cry is, okay, yell at D.C., yell at D.C. Well, that's something he should have been doing early on in the process. His poll numbers are falling dramatically. In March of 2022, 61% of respondents liked the job he was doing. Now 54% don't like the job that he is doing. And for all of you out there who continue to give him cover, especially Republicans, conservatives, and my fellow talk show hosts here at WABC, nobody believes that he didn't do anything wrong in regards to the FBI conducting 12 raids on people who are friends of Eric Adams. 12. You heard it first here on the Curtis Lee were rip and read. 12. You thought there was only one of the person that he refers to as his chief fundraiser. That's a lie. Brianna in Crown Heights. On that day, there were a total of 12. That's why you listen to the Rip and Read. You learn about things long before you read about them or see them on TV. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Oh, no. The hip-hop monsters, both of them, East Coast. Remember East Coast versus West Coast? He did it, Sean Puff Daddy Combs of uh, Mount St. Michael. Oh, God, Mount St. Michael. How could you have accepted this guy? And uh, the departed, Biggie Smalls, right? They're both singing this song, Been Around the World. That... That should have been the theme of the once-a-week now Eric Adams press conference. It's the only time he takes off-topic questions. Imagine this. The only time he takes off-topic questions. But then again, whenever he comes out and addresses the media, he always has to play some kind of hip-hop music. We have a hip-hop mayor. Okay, we've established that, all right? You're the hip-hop mayor. Other than that, you're a lousy mayor, and the polls now actually uh, go right across the board and say you failed on every single item of importance to the voters, whether they're Democrats, Republicans, Independents. 
But let's talk about you, Eric Adams, as a world traveler. Yesterday, he began to reveal that it's not only the country of Turkey and its uh, its uh, anti-Semite leader, Erdogan, that he's had a fascination with, but also other countries around the world. We will give a complete uh, list of our travel uh, to Turkey. Uh, Jordan and I, actually, that was one of our stops. Jordan, my son, after graduating from college, we did a son-dad 21-day tour. I'd like to know the countries that were on that 21-day tour and who paid for the travel, the accommodations, and what generally is the response of foreigners uh, when dignitaries come. They try to give you what what they uh, refer to as honorariums and what we call here in the United States gratuities. But here it is. He said that going to Turkey actually started Remember when he made that speech uh, back up in Albany? Show we have me the hip hop mayor. No, no, we know that. But show me the money. That's what it's all about. Show me the money. Remember back in 2007. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. So he said that before his colleagues, crooked as they are in Albany, the press corps. Uh, his family and friends, and naturally the lobbyists uh, who were salivating when he sent that, that was like music to their ears, is that he would be open to bribes, all kinds of bribes. And in fact, that's the first time he took a trip to Turkey. I actually traveled to Turkey for the first time as a state senator uh, when I went over to Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan and to Baku. And uh, Azerbaijan and Baku. Again, uh, that's a place that Eric Adams can't find on a map. Azerbaijan and Baku. Guess who represents Azerbaijan and Baku now as a lobbyist? Justin Ellig, write this down. Frank Caron, who used to be his chief of staff, was for a year. Now he's the biggest lobbyist in the city. If you want to do business with the city, you got to go through Frank Caron. Before that, he was his number one campaign manager, campaign financer, uh, and a fundraiser, and he's already raising money for his re-election, uh, his legal defense fund, you name it, when Eric Adams needs stuff, including those customized suits. Frank Caron gave him $350,000 in cash to buy all those uh, $5,000 customized suits that he could never afford on the salaries and the pensions that he's made. I guess here we call it gratuities in foreign countries. We call it honorariums. And there was that one time in Chief Sebe where he appeared before Azerbaijanis uh, at the behest of Frank Caron. It was a fundraiser, 2017. He was already running, running for mayor that, that long ago, raising money for that. And he told them at the end of the fundraiser that he wanted to retire in Baku. Couldn't even find it on the map, but that geeked up the Azerbaijanis to say, yeah, we want this man, double up. Double the dollars and make sure your checks don't bounce so he won't forget us. Those of us who are from Azerbaijani, who are from Baku. Unbelievable. And then he describes when he made that decision to go to Turkey, how easy it was with the cover of always talking about his son. You remember Jordan? Remember he said that he was living in the basement of the building he owns on Lafayette Avenue in bed at the end of the Democratic primary when Andrew Yang's campaign said, no, he's not. He lives at apartment 22H in Fort Lee with his beard. Everybody knew that. But no, he insisted he was living in the basement. He did a press conference there. 
And it was all of Jordan, his son's paraphernalia that a 20-year-old would have, not a 60-year-old. But here here was uh, Eric Adams yesterday at the press conference claiming because of transparency, he's going to tell you why he first went to Turkey. The first time I went was during Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> we just picked up one day and said, um, you know, hey, let's go to Turkey. Uh, w- wait a second. So he says to his son, Jordan, hey, let's let's go to Turkey over Thanksgiving, right? I can't imagine sitting with my oldest son, Anthony, and saying, hey, let's pick up and go to Turkey. Could I hear that again, please? Uh, that, to me, is just unfathomable, that they're sitting around, father and son. It's during Thanksgiving, and he says, you know what? Why don't you and me, we just go to Turkey? The first time I went was during Thanksgiving. Uh, we just picked up one day and said, um, you know, hey, let's go to Turkey. You think he had the wherewithal to do that? Or do you think that was paid for? And what was the reason for going? And did they bring back any gratuities, honorariums, or what we call, Biggie Smalls calls, loot. Loot. And then he described why he travels so much, because he is an international mayor. So he wants to uh, have New York City be an international city. I'm a kid from South Jamaica, Queens. Um, I've been to Africa seven times. I've been to Saudi Arabia, Jordan, uh, you know, South Central America, uh, Russia. Uh, I love travel. And... You know, this is an international city. Nothing brings me a greater joy than when I'm able to go to someone from Bolivia and say, I went to your country and I saw the Andes. Um, uh, when I can say, you know, hey, I've been to Israel three times. Uh, I travel. I believe in exploring the globe so I can become a better mayor, a better borough president, a better state senator by having a global view. Because I'm, this is a, New York City is an international city. And so someone wrote an article and said, Eric went to 80 Turkish events. I must have went to 300 African events. (laughs) You know, I'm an international mayor and I enjoy the excitement of an international city. And so some of those trips were personal. Every time we went personal, we paid. Uh, some of the trips were uh, governmental. We did sister city, city city agreements, and we followed all the necessary procedures to do to do so. So we would give the the list on what was the governmental trips uh, that we that we took, but we followed the procedure every time because I believe in following the procedures. Well, well, well. Yeah, we're going to trust you to follow all the procedures. Because he's an international mayor. Boy, I didn't know that he ran on that. I ran against him for mayor. That was never discussed. In his uh, primary, Democratic primary, through ranked choice voting that he almost lost uh, to uh, two opponents, he never discussed that. But who knew? Uh, do you think... Uh, you think wrong way, Lou Rufino, uh, we could get him a travel show here on the weekends? Uh, hell of a lot better than that show he does at WBLS. It's like the, the worst talk show host I've ever heard, uh, show that I've ever heard on Sundays. Maybe he should do a travel show instead. And then this probably is the worst of the many things that he said yesterday at his press conference where he actually said that the illegal aliens that he has welcomed in would be more than happy to sleep in the streets 
of New York City. I'm an international mayor, and I enjoy the excitement of an international city. Uh, let's go to five. Number five. Our goal is to not have people sleeping on, on the streets. And you actually, believe it or not, there are migrant and asylum seekers who are saying, we want to sleep on the streets. What? Could I, could I hear that again? Can I hear that again, please? Our goal is to not have people sleeping on, on the streets. And you actually, believe it or not, there are migrant and asylum seekers who are saying, we want to sleep on the streets. You mean to tell me that Diego and Margarita, who are at the Milford Plaza at $400 a night, getting three squares there of culturally appropriate food, we pay for their iPhone or their smartphone, we pay for health insurance, we pay for things that our own homeless people don't get, American homeless people, including veterans, that they're going to give up that room at the Milford Plaza and they welcome sleeping in the streets. Could I hear that one more time, please? Wrong way, Lou Rafino. I, I, I can't believe that any nobody in the press corps stopped him and said, what the hell are you talking about? Are you insane? Believe it or not, there are migrant and asylum seekers who are saying, we want to sleep on the streets. Well, go ahead. Let them sleep on the streets. It's going to save us money. You already have Americans sleeping in the streets. You don't have a problem about that. Most of them are African-American. They're the people you always said that you had their backs. Many of them are veterans. All you have to do is go to my social networking sites, and I show you every day because I run across them. Some of them I know. Some of them I don't know. I put up videos about them. I put up photographs. These are Americans. They're not migrants. They're not illegal aliens. He has forsaken them. And yet he'll say without without missing a beat that the illegal aliens who we've given everything would give it up in a heartbeat to sleep in the streets. That is nuts. Just go to my um, Facebook, my Twitter account. Uh, go to uh, my TikTok. Go to my Instagrams. Go to the WABC um Instagram account, and you can see that almost every other day. Every other day, again. The story of the day, Yolanda Mendoza, 22-year-old, pregnant, nine-month pregnant woman from Florida, an American, who was kicked out of a shelter, told that she had to make room for the illegal aliens, even though she had provided some translation services for them for a while. She was taken to hospital last night. The guardian angels are caring for her the best that they can in Coney Island. She's back out on the streets today. One block from Nathan's Famous. Coney Island, Stillwell Avenue, last stop of the subway there. You can't miss it. You can see her. She's laying there. Nobody from the city has passed by. Nobody has picked her up. No, with the millions of dollars that we spend, it's all directed to the illegal aliens. I'm going to tell Yolanda today, tell them you're a Venezuelan. And they will probably transport you from there to NYU Langone and put you in the maternity ward. And once you deliver your baby, they'll put you up in one of the Midtown hotels. I almost a guarantee. The magic words are, I'm an asylum seeker and I'm from Venezuela. What a disgraciado, what a shanda on this Thanksgiving Eve. And then... He wants us to believe 
that people are voluntarily stepping up, average men and women, and saying, Eric, how can I help you? I want to contribute to your defense fund. And so of everyday New Yorkers that reached out and said, we want to help you, Mayor, you know, uh, you know, we made sure that it was done in a proper way. And I want to thank those New, York- New Yorkers. You know, I, I am just overwhelmed with gratitude that, of people who have watched my work all these years. And they're saying that, listen, we want to we want to be with you during this period of time. And that's where New Yorkers are. I guess in Crash and Burn, they want to be with you. His polling uh, data, abysmal, abysmal. 54% of our residents say, you're doing a lousy job. A year before, 61% saying he was doing a good job, all within one year because of this, him accepting the migrants. And then for all of you, you know, you're so sure. I hear the callers. I hear my fellow hosts here. Oh, Eric Adams is getting jacked up by the Biden the uh, the uh, the Biden U.S. attorney, and they've sicked him on him, the Department of Justice, because he stood up to Biden about the illegal aliens. Let me tell you something. In this poll, more than 7 in 10 New York City residents, 72% think Adams did something wrong in regards to the federal probe. But not here at WABC. His stuff don't stink, according to all of you. How could you be bamboozled by that? And then contribute to a fund that's run by a guy named Ashkenazi. That's his last name. A restaurateur. Restaurateurs always keep two sets of books. I mean, that's how they operate. What the IRS needs to know, the tax tax, uh, takers, and what your uh, business requires. Man, again, you don't let this guy raise money because it's nothing. There's one cold word that Eric Adams has in all the fundraising he's ever done. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. So go ahead, suckers. Contribute to his legal defense fund, and you'll probably end up finding out that it's not going to his legal defense fund at all. Up next, what did I call it? Crime coin, Bitcoin, and the guy who was the most powerful of all? Down for the count, as I had predicted a year ago, exclusively here on The Rip and Read. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. What did I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, going back more than a year, I called Bitcoin crime coin. I said that if you get involved in uh, 
the whole uh, Ponzi scheme of the crypto exchange, you're going to lose your money. And then, of course, there's blockchain. Well, well, well. And we played back then the cuts of the little guru, Sam Bankman-Fried, graduate of MIT, and all of you believe, oh, MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. They produce the brightest, the most astute, uh, has put us ahead on the global economic scene with Sam Coin, which, as I told you, would turn out to be crime coin. I am the first mayor to receive my first three paychecks in crypto. I believe that New York City can be the global hub for cryptocurrency. We cannot let this opportunity pass us by. Crypto is here to stay, and New York City is ready for it. Now, isn't that interesting that Sam Bankman-Fried had had a meeting with our mayor, who for a while there they were calling Mayor Eric Bitcoin Adams because he was promoting it over and over. And even though I was warning all of you, stay away from Bitcoin and blockchain and cryptocurrency because it's all a scam. No, 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 no. Eric Adams was meeting with all of those who live on the island of Puerto Rico who have been given a tax shelter so that they don't have to pay taxes and so that they can scam, scam, scam. The purpose of the Bitcoin is to send a message that New York City is open to technology. You're going to see a large amount of new technology in the city of New York and encourage our young people to be engaged in these new emerging markets. And I'm excited about the future of this city. And I'm excited about bringing my young people who have been historically denied access to new technology. That was a year ago. He was all Bitcoin all the time, along with that crooked mayor from Miami who, remember, briefly was running for the Republican nomination to be president, had to drop out because he had no support. Nobody trusts that guy, Suarez. How many times did Eric Adams would get together with Suarez? Suarez, the Republican, Eric Adams, the uh, Democratic mayor. They'd have their $5,000 customized suits on, and they were getting wine-dined and pocket-lined for their political needs by these crypto monsters. Remember, just think back a year ago, he was on top of the world. All of the so-called financial experts, even some of those who broadcast here, were wondering, Sam Bankman-Fried, a guy who looked like he fell off the top bunk at summer camp, sleepaway camp, suddenly was the economic guru of the world. Remember, that was just a little more than a year ago. How did you do this so quickly? I mean, your company is two years old, and you're doing something like $400 billion worth of volume per month, which is 25 times what you did a year ago. How did you get the uptake uh, at scale so fast? You know, it, it was really just a lot of small things put together, a lot of decisions that we've made around how to build the product, trying to be as responsive as we can to customers, to regulators, to counterparties. And, you know, uh, you know, honestly, from our perspective, it's it sometimes feels like the world is just going sort of in slow motion around us and that we're going at, you know, about an average speed by our standards. Bernie Madoff, uh, junior style. He's going to jail forever. 
And the guy who put him into business, I warned you about Chang Peng Zhao. Remember what he said back then when Sam Bankman freed his very dear friend, got into trouble? On a very personal basis, how you think about Sam. And the reason I ask is I think at some point, obviously, you were friends. You were his original investor in all of this. Can you fathom that he lied to you like this, if that's the case? Yeah, so I'm very shocked that I, I obviously did not know him until about a week or so ago. Um, so I'm, I'm just shocked. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that, you know, he lied to everybody. You didn't know him till a week ago? I didn't know what kind of person. I didn't know that he lied to everybody until a week, a week ago. So the number one Bitcoin crime king walked out of court, Zhao Changpen Zhao in which he paid $4 billion from Binance, the number one cryptocurrency company, agreed that he had money laundered, gave up $200 million of his own personal fortune, and isn't being sent to jail. How do you figure that out? This guy was the crypto monster, Chang Peng Zhao, hero of Eric Adams and Mayor Suarez. He's not going to jail. How did that happen, huh?